0: listeners welcome back to the Odafest podcast it's episode 230 it's not a significant number i just thought i'd point it out this is jay and i'd like to remind everybody that i am joined by special guest hosts staff members starting with riss hello hello sean i don't know 230
1: still a lot
0: <laughs> and emily
1: hello
0: My regular co-hosts are still somewhere off in the ether. So I've wrangled more fantastic staff members that have helped run OdaFest for years and years as it is. And now they're just popping into the podcast. And uh, we haven't had these voices before. So I hope that you enjoy them and uh, all their hot takes on the (laughs) nerd world. (laughs) I'd just like to remind everybody of our news and announcements. In this case, please, for your own sake, your own wallet, and your future enjoyability of our convention, get your weekend passes at the early bird price of $54. That's the weekend pass. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That includes the concert. That includes the vendor's hall and all the main stage stuff and the arcade and so many cool things. For $54, the $54 also includes your service fee. So... Save money now. Buy ramen later. Go to OdaFest.com. Aside from that, we've got lots to talk about today. But before we actually do that, I I would like to do a quick intro because we haven't had to do this in a long time. I've got my special guests. What do you guys do at OdaFest?
2: I'll go first. Uh, I'm actually the head of the line control department. So if there is a line, I have overseen it or I've got my amazing crew uh, putting it together and making sure it works. So you can get from point A to point B, be that panels, autographs, Or Pokemon League.
1: And I'm Sean. I'm part of the Gunpla Hanger team. I run the Showcase. Uh, I also help out the days leading up to and after uh, the convention, driving the van around like a maniac.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Emily, so I do a lot of background work. Um, So I'm the Experiences Coordinator, the Sponsorship Coordinator, and a special guest coordinator. Uh, Day of OdaFest, you'll find me guest handling one of our lovely special guests. So uh, yeah, if you see special guests, I'll probably be there. Otherwise, if not, I'm yeah. somewhere.
0: First things first.
3: Who put this Who
0: put this here? I, I, I need some direction on this first point.
3: Uh, that'd be me. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, it's... Uh,
0: <laughs> Video games. <laughs>
3: um... I, yeah, I know I've I made it so vague I was like video games but at the same time so many good video games have came out recently um what like Baldur's Gate 3 I think Starfield was another one that was really popular
0: this was an insane year for video games this is one of the most stacked years in video games that I can think of and, and in different genres too it wasn't just like uh, I got six different variations of grand theft auto or something like that. literally so many categories if you watch the video game awards they're all gonna have like a huge front runner game because so many good games came out this year and not even just triple a games
1: i mean we started the year off with the dead space remake that had no right to be as good as it was
3: oh yes
1: it, it was so good i played the old one uh um, yeah. there was they they fixed so many of the problems with the original with the remake
3: that's what i heard which is really nice, because I remember there were certain points in the old game I got so motion sick just from how bad certain controls were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I, well, and they fixed the the big one that was kind of a thorn in my side with the original was those uh, turret meteor defense mission part minigame thing. And it's completely oh. gone. They got rid of it. You actually go outside the ship and you do it yourself, which is so much mm-hmm. better.
3: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the quality of life changes are always nice. Yeah,
0: not every game has to win something or even be nominated at the Video Game Awards to be great, or or mm-hmm. just like yes. or an anticipated yep. game. Like there's anticipated games that were huge. Um, there was like Hogwarts Legacy you know even throw away the drama around it people really were looking forward to it right and mm-hmm. you had oh yeah cheers of the kingdom that was huge mm-hmm. uh i heard the resident evil 4 remake was amazing there is can confirm, and like you said there's starfield there's uh balder's gate and there's still games coming out uh but there's also like street fighter 6 so that's like you know it
1: covers the fighting genre armored core 6 is out I'm excited to play that in a couple of weeks while I'm recovering from my hernia surgery. <laughs> That'll
0: be good. And Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 and Pikmin 4 mm-hmm. and Super Mario Wonder. Like literally this year has been just, like all the, all the major franchises and like new IPs and everything, they all just woke up at the same time. And I haven't even mentioned like, there's Mortal Kombat 1, which is like, I'm not even a Mortal Kombat fan, but I know the people in that space super looking forward to it and like you know it paid off really well there's uh assassin's creed mirage which i think just came out spider-man 2 that's still coming out this month i didn't mention sea of stars which is like back to a classic sort of jrpg experience and that was that's more of an indie take but like people loved it it's been nuts paleopines
1: yeah so i gotta play that one
2: (laughs) paleopines it's paleopines it's pretty much if you're a dinosaur lover or if you love like um animal crossing it's pretty much you could have an island of really cute dinosaurs you could interact with ride with feed everything
3: that
0: sounds amazing
3: oh that sounds cool the
2: artwork for it is extremely adorable a friend of mine plays it she absolutely loves it so that's also another like really cute one that just came out this past summer so that also be another uh, fun one for folks
0: not everyone has to win something not everyone has to get that recognition because there's too many games that were just kind of like fire and i just there's so many things i like i can't even think of touching on all of them because like I'm sure there's something I've missed. That so someone's like, "Oh, this was amazing!" You didn't talk about it, and it's like, "Okay, well, <laughs> I didn't play everything I mean, either. I can't. It's too much."
1: This this year is almost comparable to like how games were in like 2006 to 2008, where it was just nonstop, just like bangers, great games coming out. Yeah, yeah, like it's just been a a year of fantastic stuff oh super mario rpg yeah that's still got to come out oh yeah Yeah. i've
0: never played the original but i'm like kind of you know like i'm looking forward to the remake because i actually think i'll play it
1: and and the remake of thousand year door too for paper mario is that coming out this year Uh, maybe not this year but if it isn't it's early next year i think i mean sure
0: (sighs) it's a good time to be a gamer except money
3: (laughs) (laughs) and time yeah and time too yeah. many games too little time oh, you brought- that reminds me of a, a game
2: i want to play it's uh, the bookwalker thief of tales mm-hmm. i saw it on steam and i just haven't had the time or the money to play it but it's absolutely like in a gorgeous beautiful game i i'm bad for like aesthetics it's like oh i'll play the game why not it looks really pretty and the story is pretty cool from what the synopsis is so. mm-hmm. but you yeah, know completely agree with emily there's just time and money and <laughs> too many games
3: Way too many games. My backlog on Steam is so long. I look at it and I'm like, let's go play Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> well, that's the problem because a lot of people like yourself have um, ongoing games,
0: mostly like MMOs of some kind, whether it's MMOs and I can never remember the other kind. Uh, uh, well, FPSs. JRPG? F- you have FPSs and then you also have. Uh, uh, What's league considered to be again? What's that genre? Oh, uh, oh uh, arena. MOBAs. Something.
1: That's should what it is. Idea? Yeah, MOBAs. Oh, yeah. MOBAs. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So you have ongoing games that take up your time. Everything from like Fall Guys, to Apex, uh, to Fortnite, and then you have Final Fantasy 14. Like, like you have these games that rightly should tell us to take up your time because they they scratch a different itch, and you still enjoy them a lot. But then there's all these, like, wonderful single-player game offerings and things like that. And you're like, oh,
1: there's no time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to decide on games to play. So I just keep pulling out Super Robot Wars. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just smash some robots for an hour. <laughs> uh,
0: I still have, like, an ongoing campaign on Divinity Original Sin 2. I didn't get Baldur's Gate yet because I'm like, I, I need to beat Div first. Um, I have, oh, God, I, I still should probably beat Horizon Zero Dawn. I still need to go back into Cyberpunk and finish that I'll probably never finish Red Dead Redemption 2 and I still need to practice uh, Street s- Fighter 6. Uh.
1: I still need to finish <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, like. Yeah.
0: There's almost too much content. Can I complain about that? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Yes, yeah? yes you can. There's almost yeah. too much content, right? Like and if you're not like someone who's like focused on like a specific genre of content, maybe there's too much. Like, it's just, like, how do you keep up? How does anyone keep up if you're not playing games almost, like, full time?
3: Just pick and choose. I mean, I mean, let's be fair. This year spoiled us, so that didn't help either.
2: We've got, like, like two years still of backlog that's still kicking around, for people put bringing stuff out is, like, between video games, new shows, new anime. It's less, like,
3: it's content overload. Everyone's been stepping up their game lately. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's,
0: like, COVID-related in a sense, where a lot of these studios and the people that worked on projects they were like well we can't really work on it so let's sort of like low-key work on it like we're not maybe we can't work on an office with all of our like equipment and tech and everything like that So kind of keep the ball rolling on a low key thing. And then when we can release it, we'll release it. But it just happened to be like 2023, which kind of makes sense almost 2023, probably 2024 as well, where we're just going to see like a bigger influx of that kind of content because they had more time maybe to polish things and just like slow roll things.
1: It does seem like they've had time to let things stew and, and cook as opposed to just kicking things out the door like they... Have been for the last several years,
2: and then they're also just going to have a bit of a backlog too from the the writer strike and the uh acting strike too, because voice actors are very much a part of all our anime and video games. And
1: <laughs> well, and, and the looming potential strike of the actual like video game makers because they're being brought under SAG after I, I believe as well.
3: Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't I know, know that. About
0: that. But they finally yeah. they just ratified a new agreement, so that'll be interesting too.
1: The the writers have ratified the AMTP AMPTP has walked away from the actors again. So the actors are uh, not
0: thrilled. <laughs> it's not like the Robert Downey Juniors that are <laughs> complaining necessarily.
1: No, we're talking we're talking the background people, the the extras, exactly. the, the people who work at a diner for eight hours and then go to set for another mm-hmm. eight or they use AI to populate the bleachers and it looks really bad. <laughs> did, did you see that footage?
0: The ones that kind of look like Sims?
1: It, barely? Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. And they're like clapping like, like they've got like an injury or something?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it's, it's still tumultuous times for them, but hopefully we can get something going on so that we can get more of the content that we don't have time for. <laughs> 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 right. But yeah.
2: And
3: speaking Exactly. yeah, Add more to our backlog, please.
2: And speaking of content that we don't have time for, uh, so apparently you guys are talking about a new Scott Pilgrim trailer?
0: Yes, I've loved Scott Pilgrim since before the movie. And we've talked about it before uh, on the podcast a little bit when they first announced it. But now Netflix just released a new trailer for the animated series. Pretty much all of the main cast is back voicing their roles from the movie it looks visually amazing uh edgar wright who is the creator of scott pilgrim is the executive producer so you know that there should be good direction and the music sounds amazing i'm just super in love with it
1: i loved the energy of it like it, it was non-stop the entire way through
3: yeah it was a really good trailer yeah, definitely looking forward to it i've actually never seen the movie <laughs> admittedly uh so same boat the same boat okay okay it's not just (laughs) it's not just you (laughs) for in terms of like the
0: references it makes to video games it's one of the most fun sort of pop culture video games if you're not familiar with scott pilgrim it's set in toronto and the whole storyline is sort of like a beat-em-up style video game um where scott has to defeat his crushes seven evil exes <laughs> in order to date her, but there's like it's interesting because I've also read like the original visual novels, and the movie does deviate obviously because content and things like that. It has to, yeah. But like it's interesting because in the movie, there's a lot more like good guys everywhere in a sense, like nobody's really at fault. But it's but in the uh, in the visual novels, it kind of gives off this vibe where like. People are kind of shitty. Like it, it, it's kind of, and it's kind of good that they show that. Like it's not, oh, the like Scott, the protagonist, is some perfect guy who just wants, who just has this crush on this girl that has this uh, relationship history. It's a lot more than that. Like Scott is kind of a dick himself, and uh, the the characters and the other people that are in his life are not perfect people, but they are interesting people. There's good writing in it. I would recommend *Scott Pilgrim* to anybody who is of our uh, generation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the movie. I haven't read the the uh, visual, like the novels mm. at all. But if I can track them down, I probably should give them a read. Finally,
0: I would recommend it heavily. That reminds me, I don't have a physical, I don't have a physical copy of. It's not Pilgrim Novels anymore. I don't remember what I did with them. That means I have to go to Amazon right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or we've got tons of local bookstores in town, too.
0: I love them, but they don't always yeah. have things that I want. That's true. <laughs> yeah, especially older stuff.
1: Exactly.
3: Yeah. yeah also, I like to find to like, hardbacks
0: of stuff, and stuff sure. when I'm collecting. So they definitely don't usually have hardbacks. A lot of places just carry uh, paperback. Yeah, hard,
2: hardbacks hard to... Literally, pun intended, uh, hard to find.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I finally tracked down one of my Holy Grail books. I found Jurassic Park in hardcover. Oh, man. you finally did. We've talked <laughs> Whoa, about Oh, I did. It, it was up in, it was in Wetaskiwin. I convinced <laughs> Morgan to drive from Edmonton wow. to Wetaskiwin to get it for me so I didn't have to pay shipping. Ooh. <laughs> so...
2: Not the worst drive in the world. Not, oh, not wow. super short, but not the worst drive.
1: So... No, she got to drive with her dog. They, they went for a drive. It was good
2: dog was happy then
0: oh, now i'm just on amazon literally just <laughs> looking
1: but, oh they only have
0: paperbacks maybe it never came in a hardback maybe it just came in like a hard box with paperback
3: oh like a special edition sort of thing yeah like oh that I could have...
1: be yeah
2: look at us
3: with all our
0: tactile media <laughs> yeah i know i've never gotten into kindle uh or ebooks
2: <laughs> my joke is if it gets wet i can still read a book if a kindle gets wet uh you're slightly hooped
0: (laughs) why are you what are you doing why is it wet what is it why is the possibility are you like reading in the shower
2: (laughs) no i was a band student so sometimes you didn't know where your bag was going to end up okay and you really hoped it didn't end up in a puddle somewhere so i'd rather have a book that i could dry out because i'd always take books with me whenever i'd go on trips so i'd rather have a book i can dry out versus a kindle i then have to trash Mm, okay because if anyone ever was a band kid, you know, the bags get thrown underneath the bus. And when they come out, they just get start chucking them yeah. to get them off the bus.
0: Also, I have to backtrack on myself a little bit. I was like, I know I said earlier that Edgar Wright is the creator. No, he's not the creator. Brian O'Malley is the creator. But Edgar Wright was the one who worked on the movie initially. So,
1: like, again, good direction. Yeah, that would be fun.
3: Yeah, that would be fun.
1: Any Halloween plans? Recovering from, as I said earlier, my surgery. So I'll be holed up on a couch. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I mean, there's think...
0: a lot of good reason to be uh, consuming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the plan is to have a couple people over and we're just going to hand out uh, those trick-or-treat Pokemon booster packs
0: for, for Halloween oh, or something. Oh, those lucky bastards. Oh. <laughs> yeah, something like
1: that.
2: <laughs> I'm going to somehow figure out how to give out... Some sort of treats, but my my building doesn't, because I'm in an apartment, mm. so I'm trying to figure out something I can sort of just put outside so people, if they walk past, they can get treats, and then I can easily collect in the morning if they're still there. <laughs> still trying to s- source that up in my brain, how I'm going to make that work.
1: Sure. Can- candy catapult. Yes.
2: That won't work because no one goes by us. Yes, there are like houses right next to us, but no one actually goes in front of our building, per se. So I got to figure out something.
1: I mean, just build a catapult for the fun of it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> catapults are always fun yeah um, true. yeah no uh no concrete plans for the moment i mean it's a tuesday night so the spookiest we'll, we'll of nights we'll see what happens
1: Tuesday, ah, ah, ah.
3: <laughs> the spookiest of nights yeah it's a tuesday that is
1: kind of the one problem reoccurring with halloween it's like tuesday through thursday most years and it's so it doesn't line up with like weekends or anything like that
0: i guess it's just yeah it just depends on how much you want to do or what you want to do like i'm happy giving out candy or um just doing a movie night i think prior to like maybe on the weekend like saturday or sunday i might be going to like um rocky horror picture show oh that's awesome favorite things
2: it's
0: super fun i don't know if anyone's ever
2: done i've never been i've always wanted to
1: do i haven't i haven't been to the the theater for it no
0: yeah there's one theater i think in calgary that does it um which is the Kensington Plaza and the regular tickets are like about 16 17 bucks but then there's like a 30 dollars ticket which gets you all the little props that you can like do the crowd interaction stuff with uh, which is super fun if you've never done oh, that' that's cute. it's super fun it's been 12 years maybe <laughs> since I went and did it so I was like it's a good time to go again because <laughs> I love that movie and it's uh I love
1: Tim Curry so
2: he is he is a magnificent magnificent
3: Frankenfurter
1: Tim Curry is a gem. Yeah. yeah. I may end up going to see FNAF that weekend. Like the weekend prior. Wait, is that is there a movie yes. for FNAF? Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes, there is.
1: I'm really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't remember. Does it come Stop. out next week or
1: it, it comes out the twenty seventh, I think. Oh, so the okay. weekend leading up to Halloween.
3: Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know about this. I'm I, I'm on the Wikipedia page right <laughs> now.
3: I think they do have a couple of trailers. Definitely worth checking out if you like the series. I've
0: decided that the movie should just be from the viewpoint of the first game, where you're just sitting in the office chair, closing doors, and checking cameras. That's the entire <laughs> movie.
2: I've actually never played Five, five Nights at Freddy's. I've only ever seen like reaction videos to it, mm-hmm. and it's like, hmm, maybe uh, not should... the kind of game for me. But I will watch the reactions because that makes me laugh.
1: I, I find the world intriguing. That's kind of what draws me into it. I don't. I've never played any of the games, oh. but like the the background lore and stuff keeps pulling me in for some dumb reason.
3: Yeah, the lore is actually quite interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm also I've never also never played any of the the games before because jump scare types aren't really my sort of thing. I'm really more mm-hmm. atmospheric horror game girl. Um, but yeah, the lore the lore is fascinating, and like the more you read, the more you want to find out, and and yeah, it's it's just amazing, um, like the world building.
0: I just throw on either a stream or YouTube of a Let's Play of any content, really, that might be interesting in the background while I'm working on stuff or looking at browsing and other things. I don't know. I actually don't understand Five Nights lore. It's a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and then there's a whole... And the backstory is, like, someone went crazy once and killed a kid. Am I not... Am I wrong?
1: <laughs> I mean, that at a at a very surface level, yeah. But there's, like every game adds more mysteries and less answers and so it's just everything builds on itself and i apologize for that doorbell it's okay don't worry about it
0: <laughs> but yeah like i i'm not saying that it's not creepy or scary or whatever i'm just saying like i don't get the lower part of it very much emily you said that you like atmospheric horror right would you play a game that has atmospheric yep. horror
3: I've played the new Resident Evil 4. Uh, the The new Dead Space okay. is on my wish list. Um, but I think we mentioned before, right. money <laughs> and games are very expensive. Um,
0: have you ever played um, Subnautica?
3: I have not, but I've heard it's very good.
0: I think that's an excellent atmospheric horror game. In that I feel like atmospheric horror, the best kinds, you can't do much. And there's something out there to get you that you can only do so much against. That's like, that. that's how I feel about it. Cause I feel like if you can fight against it that immediately pushes it into like an action horror type game. That's how I feel.
3: Yeah, uh, Subnautica I think is also first person. So unfortunately I actually get motion sickness oh. with first person games. So, like, Mm. I tried to play the original uh, Amnesia Dark Descent. Oh, okay. um, Because obviously that is also one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those where you can't fight back or anything with a monster. So, um, yeah, and and it definitely has great atmosphere. But, yeah, unfortunately it is first person. So I do get a bit motion sickness uh, when I try to play it.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I know a lot of people who have that as well. I mean, it just limits the kind of content which is unfortunate. I don't know if there's settings to change that, like field of view settings or like bo- like like view bobbing or motion blur, that would help.
3: Um, I think they're starting, like games nowadays are, are starting to be a little more aware of these issues. Cause I know for example, the Resident Evil 4 remake, they actually have a straight setting where you can toggle if you do have motion sickness. Hmm um and then it automatically just adjusts um, cool. all the graphic settings to to help w- uh cope with that which is really nice
2: That's very awesome. That's very awesome.
1: Mhm. Uh, ex- accessibility is really becoming a thing with games. That's kind of nice.
0: Uh, there's things with like uh subtitles are a big one. Um color blindness is another.
1: Mm-hmm. Um oh, epilepsy. They're they're putting epileptic warnings on stuff yeah. or allowing you to kind of subdue the flashing. Yeah.
0: And also in the same vein as subtitles, um, captions, and those are two different things. Subtitles are for like actual verbal uh, uh, dialogue, but captions are things like if you have, for example, a bird, you know, singing in the top left of the screen. um, Minecraft kind of has this. They don't. They don't give you like perfect direction. Like they only do left or right, but it'll be like. Chicken clucking on the like to your right or like sheep buying to your left I think that helps you know like it, mm-hmm. it's it's small things like that I even have them turned on just because I'm like I'm a very visual person if I'm not necessarily listening all the time because it's easy to have um like to to tunnel vision and then like you actually lose uh uh hearing during like intense parts of gaming or whatever being so, giving a fi- uh, a visual indicator of like mobs or Monsters in the area, super useful. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just
3: imagining you being like surrounded by zombies, and the caption is just like, there "There's a zombie zombies. on your left, in front of you, on your right, in the like the top left of your screen. There's one on like, your right. You just get
1: overwhelmed." Uh, at that point, the caption just says, "You're done." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're dead, kid. It just says,
2: you Just says, "Ah," and then little skull and crossbones.
0: <laughs> or it just says like, "Run." <laughs>
2: Oh, the captioner
0: starts talking to you through your captions when you're hooped. <laughs> that'd be that'd be interesting too. If like uh, they break the fourth wall in a game that has like a narrator, and the narrator's just like, "You need to leave."
3: <laughs> I mean, isn't that technically what the Stanley Parable did in a way? It kind of breaks the fourth wall.
0: I haven't played that yet. <gasps> yeah, to an it's extent. really good. Stanley Parable. I'm actually going to look something up about it really quick, but this reminds me going back to like the atmospheric horror and stuff like that. So I think Alan Wake two came out or three recently, or it's coming out soon. Oh, now. the second one. I think, I, it, should, yeah. I think
1: it got delayed.
0: Yeah. I feel like did, I should play it. Yeah, Cause I've never Alan played, I've never played an Alan Wake, but I played control on its own. It's one of my favorite, like atmospheres because I love... Um, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with uh, SCP. Yeah,
1: yes. I, yeah, I'm vaguely aware of it, yeah. Okay.
2: Is that, that the one with aware, the, yeah. the the funky monsters and everything? That one?
0: Yes. yes. So it's... Yep. Uh, I can't remember what the S stands for. But then it's like... Secure? Secure, Secure Contain, Contra- Contain Protect. Protect, yeah. Yes. I just love that whole world of, like, cryptid. Just, it's so cool. And then Control kind of has that, like, flavor in it. And and that world... That being said, I don't know much about Alan Wake, but apparently it ties in, so that's why I want to.
2: Is the Stanley Parable one, where the one you can't actually can't actually escape the game, but you just like keep going through different scenarios? Or Am I thinking of a different one?
3: I mean, yeah. technically, yeah. You play as Stanley, um, and there's always this narrator that is basically saying what Stanley is doing, and if you deviate from what the narrator says, uh, different. Things happen like there are many multiple endings you can take, um, and then it's just really funny hearing just the narrator commenting the other uh, all the time, especially complaining oh. when Stanley doesn't do the stuff that um, they oh, were talking about. Oh, I like
1: that. Yeah, kind of cool. and and it's in like this refined like British accent the entire time. So when he starts beaking you off, it's really funny. It's really
2: funny. What is it about British accents where they just start like, like getting grumpy with us? We just find hilarious. What is it about British accents?
1: It's the charm. They
0: have the culture of dry humor. I just added Stanley parable to my wish list. I'm like, oh, I'll grab it at some point. <laughs> 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 so something I learned about recently because I'm not young and I'm not with the kids and the, creep, the, the version of the creepy
1: pastas
0: and stuff like that.
1: Have you guys heard of like the back rooms?
0: Yes,
3: I've heard of Escape the Backrooms.
1: I've heard something about it, but I don't know much.
0: So Backrooms is sort of like, I'm going to call it like Gen Z's, like creepypasta thing where, like, we've been talking about these games that are kind of creepy and they sort of take place in these, uh, oh, there's a term for it, liminal spaces. Liminal spaces are like, for example, offices, and hallways and hotels where like you kind of should be seeing people in activity but sometimes they're sort of like empty and devoid of like like it, it can give you that creepy factor like if you a really good one is like imagine like a dark empty hospital uh, hallway that's a great liminal space right and I think the back rooms kind of tap into that um, environment in their games I haven't really looked into the games part of it I know that there is like there's just lore, and then there is a game or two about the back rooms. It's also on my uh, Steam wish list for any listeners who would like to buy me some games no. <laughs> that I don't have time to play. Um, I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I mean, I'm always down for again that atmospheric horror. I, I prefer it much to jump scares, like Emily was saying, or gore. I don't care for gore. Like I just I don't get scared by it. I just don't like. I literally. Makes me feel nothing. I'm like, oh, great, there's some blood, you know. Ooh, (laughs) there's some entrails. Wow. Oh, that guy jumped out of a box. Ooh, (laughs) not scared. (laughs) So, but yeah, I don't know much enough about the back rooms to give much more content, unfortunately, but I think they're pretty cool uh, as a concept from what I've read so far. Escape the back rooms. Oh, but it's like VR. I don't want VR. Get out of here.
3: I think it also runs in a standard mode too for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I just wanna uh yeah, spoopy season. It's good to play some yeah. spoopy games.
1: Yeah, dig out the old monster movies and the scary games and mm-hmm.
0: all, all the
2: all the cheesy movies too, don't forget about that.
1: Aw oh, yeah, thank you, Shudder. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't know what is my favorite horror movie. Now that I think about it. My my favorite Halloween movie is probably just Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's not a horror movie. <laughs>
3: Um, All right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I think it would count as a horror movie when you were younger if you watched it, because it's yeah, a pretty creepy. First no, horror. because really? my
0: favorite movie growing up as a child, when other people would be like, "I liked Aladdin and Lion King," my favorite movie was RoboCop. If you've ever seen the original <laughs> RoboCop,
3: <laughs> it's terrifying. A up movie. Oh my gosh, it's
0: a messed up movie. Tells you a lot <laughs> about me. I've stated this on the podcast before. People are like, oh, "This is not right," and I'm like. Would, they had... found...
2: I'd
1: buy that for a dollar. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I found Something. Coraline more scary than Nightmare Before Christmas. Coraline was terrifying.
1: Never seen that one.
2: Oh, okay. It's like It's it's the same stop motion animation. It's beautiful, but it's like it has has that that creep factor. Just they turn it up, and still it's a children's story. But they just like they took
3: they
2: they they just turn it up more. Just because I think it's the buttons. I think it's the buttons that really got me at the end of it, and just how creepy the other mother is in that whole film. Once you realize it, it, is like
0: I'll take a look at it. I'll watch it sometime. Like I I think I I like stop motion movies. I like obviously uh 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 Nightmare Before Christmas. I like Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, there's a lot of great uh, stop-motion style movies out there, so I'll watch Coraline.
2: It, it is a good watch. I will say that it's a good watch any time of the year, but also it's like it's a really nice, fun like Hall- Halloween sort of creepyish style as well. So,
0: well, Halloween is coming up, but the episode has to end at some point before so that Sean can go get his hernia surgery and then he can consume all <laughs> the things that he has on his backlog while he's on his couch. So, yeah, (laughs) in the meantime, (laughs) we'll cut it off here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Sean, Emily, Riz, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. And thank you, dear listeners. And we'll catch you next week. Goodbye now. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye, everybody.